New Thought Media Network. We are a global broadcast network of positive music, media, and entertainment. Inspiring humanity's evolution along the journey of enlightenment and creating a world of love, peace, empowerment, and prosperity for all. New Thought Media Network. Positively inspiring. Welcome to Ministers Talking Sh**, a weekly program where Rev Briz and Rev Z and their guests chat about current affairs, world events, spiritual principles, and any old sh** they want to talk about. Based on the new thought philosophy and ancient wisdoms, Ministers Talking Sh** shares a visionary perspective of the evolving spiral called spiritual living. Join us each week as we explore the emerging paradigm of life on planet Earth and beyond. And hello again, dear ones, Reverend Robert, forgetting to turn off the placard. Rev Briz over here. Rev Z right here. And Rev B calling in from Canada. So today we are three ministers talking shit. And uh, yes, going cross border with our special guest today, Rev B from Toronto. Uh, so glad you're with us this morning, dear one. Uh, how's the weather up there? Is it as cold there it is, as it is here? Well, the picture behind you, that's what our yards look like today. We've had a huge dump. Prior to this, we were getting lots of rain. It was the weirdest winter. And then two days ago, we got the snow. So my backyard looks kind of like that picture behind you. There we go. Good. Well, I hope you get a snow day out of it. <laughs> but anyway. This is our reminder, folks. If your kids are if your kids are have a snow day at school, that means you get a snow day too. Just call in, yeah. tell your boss you got a snow day. Tell them I said so if you need to. <laughs> well, we're glad you're here, folks. Thanks for watching. Thanks for being a part of who we are. Good morning, Wayne. Glad you're with us. Anyone else that's out there that's watching, please feel free to chime in, chat along, join the conversation leave a comment uh, and like share and subscribe let your friends know what we're doing around here so first things first for those that don't know we usually get together about a half an hour or so before this program to discuss what's going to happen what we want to talk about what we want to do and uh i already had i had talked to reverend barbara yesterday or the day before and said yeah come on the show i want to talk about these gun shootings in california and we're going to talk about gun control and gun violence again. And she said, oh, I'd love to talk about that. I said, unless, of course, there's a bigger story that breaks between now and then. Yeah, yeah you guessed it, folks. We've got a bigger story to talk about. However, this one is, I'm going to count this in the good news category. See, we're going to, uh, we're going to figure out how this uh, all unpacks. And we're going to unpack this for you today. So here's the story, folks. Yesterday... The district attorney in Memphis, Tennessee, indicted five black police officers in what they, uh, well, I'm going to, they were charged with, they were each charged with counts of uh, second degree murder, uh, aggravated kidnapping, and uh, aggravated assault, two charges of aggravated kidnapping, two charges of official misconduct. Right. 
and one charge of official oppression. I didn't know you, I'm happy to hear you could be charged with official oppression, but I didn't know that was possible. Uh, the police chief has determined that, uh, and they've announced that they're going to release the body cam footage tonight, this evening, 7 o'clock Eastern time. Um, there's all kinds of stuff going on around what's going to happen when that when that happens. But five police officers indicted in this man's murder. Well, it's good to see the police being held accountable. That's that is good news. That is really good news. And maybe it will help to make a change overall in what's going on with the police department and their level of responsibility and how they deal with the public. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and one of the things that, I mean, as they should be, all of these types of events are explosive. They are um, <clears throat> giving you a, 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 a insight, if you will, into the um, uh, minds of, of police. But one of the bad thing is, Hey, these are black police officers who beat to death a black motorist. Um, five young black officers beat to death a black motorist who was 29 years old who was stopped for reckless driving, whatever that is, right? Did he swerve to miss a cat? Did he? I Not mean, even you know, reckless, suspicion of reckless yeah. driving. That's the weird That's thing. Worse. Suspicion? You're either yeah. doing it or you're not. What's you sure it wasn't? I don't know. <laughs> and, and, that one really has me confused. Yeah, I I think you might drive drive record recklessly at some point. I think that you might. So did they pull him over because he was a black man, or did they pull him over just because they're trying trying to make a quota? And well, you know, they pull over all kinds of people. Well, and the thing is this, this is what's going to be interesting to see. Uh, according to the, to the report so far, they have at least an hour's worth of video camera from the, the police officer's body cam and from a street camera, which is like a bird's eye view from what I've heard. Yeah, that's going to be. And so it's going to it's going to be interesting to see because we know five police officers was not in one car. Right. So right. here's a person who gets stopped for suspicious, which doesn't even make sense. Suspicious of reckless driving. How many people will in that car? And at least if they're, you know, normally there's only two cops in a car. So that means at least two other cars responded to the incident. Right. Uh, they say the young man uh, tried to get away once they stopped him. I don't know if we're going to hear any conversation. We probably should hear the conversation that was going on between the first stop and when he tried to flee. I mean, it's all going to be unpacked very uh, uh, succinctly, I would think, given the cameras and and five five police officers. So it's going to be interesting to see how this unrolls. Yeah. And right now, all we know, I mean, what we know is the man's biggest crime is running from the police. Yeah. His biggest crime is probably that he was afraid 
and ran. And given and given the outcome, he he probably looked like he sh he should have run, right? I mean, exactly. Well, if you get pulled over and in your own mind you're going, there's no reason for this. I mean, suspicion of reckless. Either you're you're driving recklessly or not. I mean that I that doesn't even make sense. But that's got to you know create some fear in you, especially as a black man in the U.S all of a sudden being pulled over for no apparent reason. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, 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 I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I'm getting into senior citizen category and I, no, no, no joke. When, club, I drive, yeah, when I drive and I see a police officer, I tense. I'm not doing anything. I'm just driving my car. I'm not speeding. I'm not, you know, drinking with an open container. None of that. I'm just driving, going to wherever. Every time I see a police officer, I get tense. And I start, let me make sure I'm not this. And let me, you know, okay, my license here. My, my, my insurance is here. Because I do not know if I'm going to get pulled over. I do not know. If I fit the description of somebody who says, oh, it was a black man, he was X, Y, Z, oh, yeah, you know, and, and the old stereotype, they all look alike, comes up and they say, oh, he looks suspicious. I thought he was a suspect and I get pulled over. Yeah. And 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 it's nothing necessarily against the police, but it's everything in my mind about what I know they're capable of and what they have done to innocent people that make me tense up. Right. And that's perfectly reasonable, right? And like truthfully, that. you don't even have to fit the description. I got pulled over one night in Salt Lake City on a bicycle. Walked into a 7-Eleven, picked up a six-pack of beer, threw it in my backpack. The guy didn't card me. I got on my bicycle. I rode away. Two blocks down the road. And there were two cops in the 7-Eleven. I'm a white guy. I, I pay attention. I waved to him. I said hello to him. Got my beer. Rode down the road took off two blocks later they pulled me over they said i matched the description i said what was the description they said it was a white guy with a blue t-shirt or with a white t-shirt and blue shorts and i'm wearing a blue t-shirt with white shorts they said well that's not me and they let me go right and as i let him go i said you know i thought you guys were pulling me over because i didn't have a light on my bike I even knew why, you know, right? That was, and now this was 15, 15, 18 years ago or so. Times have changed. But I'm still pretty convinced that if I was a black kid that night, I wouldn't have made it out of the parking lot. I wouldn't have got my leg over my bike. I wouldn't have got my six pack in my backpack. I would have been questioned and, and held right there in the parking lot of, of the 7-Eleven. Because I matched a description, right, right, and so and I'm sorry, real man, quick, you know, you could be a 20 year old black man on a Friday night if the cops want you to be, and 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 let's just be clear about this case. In my mind, is is you know a lot of the previous cases about police uh, inappropriateness and and vandalism and violations has been about race. However, this is a black on black crime, if you will, 
and so the question in my mind becomes, in addition to racial issues that may come up, and, and that could happen in any industry, in any job, is there a culture that's created and cultivated within the police department that 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 gives this mindset that I'm above the law, uh, or yes. that I have this uh, uh, authority, and 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 uh, I'm not sure what the right word is, but when I speak, you listen. When I do, when I say, you do, regardless yes. to what the gender or race or ethnicity or anything. And that's the issue that we have to look at. <clears throat> yeah, that power issue. I think I have power over somebody else, right? That's. Mm -hmm. But I think below all of this violence, there's there's something more going on because we've seen a, a big rise in violence here in Toronto on our transit system where people are just randomly stabbing people and uh, there's been 11 attacks or in 11 days there were nine attacks, one fatality. So we're looking at that going, well, what, what's underlying all of this violence, you know, whether it's the police or the public. And I think when we take a look at the last three years and the trauma people have gone through with the lockdown and the limitations and the restrictions and also the separation from each other, I think that has built a really wide divide that, uh, we need to address in order to begin to heal right at the beginning, right? What we teach first cause. Right. Yeah. And how do we get there and, and what do we do with the police department? Cause our police department isn't any better. Uh, well, I mean, they're not shooting people, but they're still doing a lot of things they shouldn't be doing and incarcerating people again, walking while black driving while black. Uh, we have the same issues. So there's something going on, but there's a core thing that needs to be addressed beyond the effect. Well, well, you know, you know, Bob, you bring up a, a, a great point that just highlighted something in my mind. Given the fact that for three years, intense or 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 you know, however you want to look, two and a half, but for three years, we've been under lockdown, right? Mm-hmm. So we've had ample time to run all kinds of scenarios through our head, hype ourselves up, let alone that's the, the social isolation, the fear that comes from it, the whole sense of mortality kicks in. <clears throat> and so given those uh, circumstances as a backdrop, as you said, we haven't been socializing. So people have gotten uh, kind of discombobulated from that. But the whole time, a lot of the images through movies and TV has shown a separation of privilege of, 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 of outlandish things that may be happening on social media. And so people have had time to think about it and become ingrained in, uh, I can do outlandish things. It's funny. I can make jokes of people. It's funny. I can uh, do all these things or feel resentment because I can't do those things. I can't go on the yacht on the, in, in, the, in the Caribbean sea and because I can hardly pay rent. And so this disparity has gotten bigger and more intense. I mean, you look at, uh, and, and it's begun, it's, it's turning in when you look at the shootings in California, those were, were Asian suspects against their own community. Yeah. And they were seniors. Both of them were seniors. So it's spanning the globe. It's not just, 
the young people or the middle aged it's everybody has been traumatized, if you will, or put into this situation to how do I how do I equate my value? How do I equate my worth in a place where, you know, if I don't have certain things or look a certain way, I'm considered useless. How do I fit in in a world that isn't anything like what I was brought up in? Yeah. How do I fit in in this? Because this is a new world, folks. It's we're three years in to a whole new paradigm. We're three years in almost all you know, next month, month. Three years ago, if you go back, we were just entering into the earliest stages of all this. And we didn't know what was get, what was coming our way. And I think a lot of people have been got. Um, I, I think a lot of people have gotten trapped. I, well, not trapped isn't the right word, but there's, like there's a lot of people I think maybe are experiencing the effects of a mental health concern that hasn't been addressed or wasn't addressed prior to the pandemic and is and and is now festered has festered and is now boiling over and it it's it's happening in the police departments it's happening in other places we're seeing this in in i think in the the uh seeming inability to keep enough staff around for people right people that don't want to and I, I i laugh about this all well i don't laugh but i get upset Everybody complains that there aren't enough people to do the jobs anymore. And then out of the same breath, they deny that we lost close to a million people in this country. More, you know, a couple million on the North American continent. We wonder why there's nobody to fill the job, to do these jobs anymore. And we overworked them. Yeah. Right? We, we, we stressed the system big time when the pandemic hit. I was talking to a nurse a while ago and they were required to work 12 hour shifts. Well, 12 hour shifts helping, you know, really just watching people die that you couldn't do anything for. There's a trauma to that that is so huge. And, you know, of course, it's not dealt with. And then on top of that, well, you can't go home. You have to stay in a hotel or something because you might infect your family. So not only are we working you like a dog, we are also telling you that you can't be with your family. Uh, and we've instilled or raised the fear level to, you know, the maximum. It's like we're all going to die. And none of that is reasonable. Like none of, none of it even makes sense. The, the level of of trauma that's been faced. So how do we deal with that? Because I think that's what we're seeing is people are angry, but they're angry because they're so afraid of each other and of diseases. And like, it's, it's a huge thing right now. And I think we have the answer. <laughs> <laughs> I believe you're right. We are. We, Cause as you share it, it does make me think, right? Okay. I can't empathize with the police officers because I've never been there. No, no. But I can sympathize that you're living in a world, that they're living in a world where everybody is a life or death threat. And they're trained that way. Every yeah. single person is a life or death threat. And, I, and I'm going to come yeah. back to what I really wanted to say to, to today. <laughs> 
And that's because of guns, people. If we just got rid of the guns, maybe the cops wouldn't think they were under fire and didn't and maybe they'd go back to policing instead of there you go. Arresting. Uh, yeah. And, and, and yeah, I was going to just say, you know, and 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 regardless of appearances, and we know in our teaching, we don't judge by appearances, you know. No, but 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 you know, uh, there is a sense of despair in the air, if you will, no matter what your circumstances are. Uh, we know that you know, given I just saw something that said, you know, and and you know, people have different opinion about the vaccine and everything, but they said. Only 15% of the U.S. has taken the additional shots for the vaccine. Now, everybody's acting like they're doing whatever. But we just had a big at the Golden Globes Award in Hollywood. We just had a big outbreak of COVID amongst a lot of the, uh, you know, those in attendance. Who knows what's attributed to? But it's still a threat. And so there's still some despair about how do we. How do we uh, uh, navigate in these waters? We all know that most of us are one major medical event away from being homeless. In the U.S., yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, you know, that, that's huge, man. That, like, yeah. this, my, my, son, that, right? my son had to have a, appendectomy. I had to remove his appendix. Um, and thank God they had decent insurance. The cost of that, the, the, the actual cost that was charged, now we got some break on insurance, but that charge, which was, he was in the hospital maybe a day, day and a half, was over $50,000. Wow. Now imagine you had something more serious or that his appendix ruptured. Luckily, yeah. they caught it before them. That could have gone into the hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah, really. And the average yeah. person who may not have, I mean, how do you how do you do that? Well, you can't. And and I'll just I'll just say I'm really glad I'm living in Canada right yeah. at the moment because I've had hip replacement surgery cost me zero dollars and zero cents because I'm a senior. I don't pay for medications either. And so, you know, we, we look at that disparity. I have a pet, like my dog, who you heard barking a little while ago. He went to the vet, right? Got hit by a car. Don't know, even know how he got out of the house, but he got hit by a car. Really nothing, nothing much damage, but we were scared over $2,000. And I'm going, so what happens if I lived in the U.S. and my child got sick and I didn't have insurance? It wouldn't be 2000 Like you say, it'd be 50000 100000 200000 All of a sudden, we're living on the street. Mm -hmm. And of course, how do we look at people living on the street? There's a huge stigma there. Right. Poverty has a huge stigma on it as well. You know, there's all these ways we stigmatize, we separate, we decide who's good, who's bad. Man, we got we got to rewire our thinking a little bit because it isn't none of it makes sense. You you just brought up we got to have you back, Barbara, because you just brought up a whole nother Friday's <laughs> worth of conversation. It caused more. In my family, it costs more for my cat to go get her teeth cleaned at the vet than it does for me to go get my teeth cleaned at a dentist. 
Exactly right. It cost me fifteen hundred bucks for my dog, and it cost me like one hundred and thirty dollars or something. So right? yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We got we got some stuff to talk about. <laughs> but those inequities are part of what what causes a lot of the frustration, the annoyance, the anger, the them and us. You know, well, that person gets this, and I don't get that. Like, there's all of this ways in which we're creating separation between each other. But the truth is, we are in fact connected and so what harms one person harms all of us right. and until we kind of get that we're going to continue with that me 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 thing rather than acknowledging that we are one we are connected and we have a problem right now that needs to be <laughs> dealt with well and that's why our, our uh i like to say mantra is we are striving to create a world that works for everything, not just everybody, but for everything. everything. That includes yeah. the plants, the animals, the rocks, the air, the water, everything. It's, everything has to be looked at as sacred. And as you said, Reverend everything is connected. Everything's connected. You know, yeah. You know, clouds come from water, right? And so if the water is toxic and the cloud comes up and rains somewhere else, now you got toxic rain. I mean, exactly. these things should be simple. They should be obvious if you understand the oneness of all things. But, you know. We, we just we have to speak louder. We, you know, we metaphysicians have to speak louder. We need to be shouting from the rooftops. We need to make a dent in the whole uh, the whole condition of the world. And, and I have a little challenge with the CSL vision because, mm -hmm. you know, a world that works for everyone. Well, we know everything works based on consciousness. So the world is already there. It is exactly doing what we consciously believe. So I always add to it for the highest and best good of everything, everyone, all right. So <laughs> <laughs> you know, our dear friend uh linda joining the conversation thank you linda in situations like these i struggle with a key concept that all is of the one it is a challenge to see beyond the effects yes um linda i would say that uh does not make you unique <laughs> it's, it, it, it's a challenge for all of us to see it beyond the effects because when I wake up in the morning and I turn on the machine and it tells me about a shooting in some community, oftentimes my first thought is not, well, there's God too. No. <laughs> it, it takes a process and yeah. we have to be willing mm -hmm. to not to be in that process, to be in that for a minute with ourselves, to not stand up on the rooftop and shout, yay, this is all good. But to stand up on the rooftop and say, I see a different way. I, I yeah, see another avenue. And, and, and one thing it does, I'm sorry, remember, one thing I think it does highlight, though, in terms of the oneness, right? If I wake up and my nose is running, I'm not saying, yes, that's God, but I am saying something is out of whack, right? Something right. is amiss, and I need to do a deep dive and figure out what it is is it something that i'm doing or is it something that's external to me and then begin to seek that wholeness that oneness again by the cause and effect elimination process of coming back 
which is the real key, I think, in all of this is the alignment with the divine. How do we become and stay in alignment? We know it happens, but how do we do it? Yeah, and we're gonna right. So you wake up with a runny nose, you run to the bathroom, you grab yourself some decongestant and a little pop pop, and you're good, and off you go into the day. For us, it's prayer. And it's not all prayer. You know, if I wake up with a headache, I'm gonna take the aspirin. But for these other occasions, the first step is get ourselves back into spiritual mind treatment. Absolutely. Wake up and acknowledge the fact that there is a power and presence in the universe far beyond what I can see, touch and feel. But it is the operating mode of all life. It is the creative concept. And until I honor that within myself as part of who and what I am, there is a disconnect. But I don't have to live in that. I can notice it. I can be outraged by it. And then I have to remember, like you said, Rev Z, uh, Briz, that we go back to, okay, here's the effect. Now let me go back to cause. And with all the anger and frustration in the world today, we can look at, we know what the cause is, the idea of separation, the fear of death and dying. There's so much fear and if we could address that and begin to ease that up a bit, we'd start to see some, some changes, I think. Yeah. 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 Bit of a job ahead of us. <laughs> <laughs> and if, if you're having a hard time getting there, if you're having a hard time believing, if you're having a hard time changing that perspective, then get with a practitioner, get with a minister, yes. call a minister and sit down for a prayer. Let them pray on your behalf. That's, in many ways, what we're here to do That's it. is to sit with you to support you in coming to a deeper realization of these truths and and then demonstrating them, taking them out into your life. I, as we've been talking here this morning, I'm think, I, I've been thinking back, how many times over the last three years have you and I sat here, Rev Z, or with others, and had discussions around this issue? And ask the question, when are the police going to be held accountable? When are, well, those are prayers, folks. And we're now seeing the demonstration of that. At least in this case, we're seeing a police department. The chief of police condemned these officers immediately, fired them pretty much immediately. And within a week, we have DA bringing charges. To me, that sounds like an answer to prayer. Absolutely. And because we're going to determine what the truth is about this. Right now, all we have is a lot of hearsay and we haven't, the jury hasn't seen the evidence. Right. But that's going to happen. And that's going to happen because not just us, but you as well for the past three years have been asking and longer in some cases, when are we going to see the accountability? When are we going to see the justice? This is it. This is answered prayer right here. And you know, you know, one thing I, I is that we have more than a sufficient amount of evidence that when you change your thinking, you can change your life. We have numerous cancer uh, studies. We have numerous uh, other kind of medical uh, tests and, and evidence that if a person is taking a, a, a medicine and they have a change in consciousness about the situation, the numbers are, are, are convincing that those patients have a better result. Yeah. 
than those who do not, right? So it's not about we're going to try to get rid of something. It's about creating an environment, creating a thought, creating a consciousness that creates this aurora, this, this environment where everything is supporting the healing and wholeness of the individual. And that does not stop at the individual. It can be for a family. It can be for a community. It could be for a globe. But we all have to get in touch with that idea. We all have to learn the practices. And then we got to practice, right? We got to practice love and, work and sharing and not just know it, but practice it. Do it, do it, do it. And one of the great ways to practice is to hang out here on the New Thought Media Network on Fridays at one o'clock with Reverend Barbara on her program, Just One You. Just One You. It, it's a great program and it celebrates the uniqueness because there is just, there's only one of you on the planet and I have to believe you're here for a reason. Absolutely. And if you utilize your, your skills, your gifts, your talents towards a healthy reason, let's call it <laughs> a beneficial <laughs> reason, a good cause, uh, you're going to see the, you're going to see the results either way, but let's be, let's all be part of that change. Let's all be part of, this new this new life because we are under trauma three years of lockdown and insecure and not knowing and all the things we've dealt with all the police shootings we've had to deal with all the marching we've done in the last three years all the politics we've done in the last three years yeah. it's all there so that we will stand up into our greatness and live this new opportunity on the planet different than what we did on the last time around Mm -hmm. Stand out rather than fitting in. Mm, amen. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I like that one. Say it again. Stand out rather than fitting in. <laughs> yes. and, and of course, I couldn't go. I tried to go a whole sort of, uh, program without talking about nature, but I can't. And I just want to echo this whole oneness thing, you know. There, there, there are, are within our body, which is a oneness. There are certain organs and 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 processes that, if they go out of whack, you are out of whack. Yeah. If if we have one heart, right? If that heart goes out of whack, um, there's challenges. And so we want to be able to understand this oneness of how everything fits in. And as you were saying, Rob, what made me think about it. Everybody is unique, as Barbara's program attests to. There is a uniqueness of the heart that no other organ in the body can do. And when it stops doing it, there's, there's a challenge. I'm just going to say that. Uh, and, and so I, I, I think the same thing is happening with each and every one of us. When we don't bring our heartness, if you will, our true selves to the, to the wholeness of this thing, the whole begins to fall apart exactly and we need to look at ourselves in that manner as we look at the wholeness of life and say i am the necessary part in this wholeness and i have to do my part or else everybody and everything is going to suffer exactly right microcosm of the macrocosm yep nobody gets to ride the bench folks <laughs> sorry you might want to just sit there with your hands in your head and wait until they blow the whistle and call timeout. And no, everybody has to be in the game. Nobody so who's going to win the football game on Sunday? 
Of course, I just went there when he said that. I said, oh, boy, I got playoffs this weekend. Yeah. I See, it's going to be tough. I, I forgot to remind Z on Sunday. He owes me five bucks. <laughs> because we were at an event on Saturday, and we were some, the conversation turned around, and something about football on Sunday morning, and, and I actually kind of threw a little challenge. I was like, I got five bucks says you can't go a whole sermon without talking about football. <laughs> sure enough, Sunday, right in the middle of the service, there it was, a, a reference to foot, and I was in the back going, yeah, I got him. He owes me, I forgot to call you on that one. I'm surprised you didn't jump up and shout. <laughs> you know, it's such a good metaphor for life, though. I mean, uh, as you were just saying, being on the playing field, whether you're a Monday morning quarterback uh, or or whether you just want to ride the bench and get paid or, or, you know, there's so many different metaphors that you can take from the game of football to equate to the game of life. And it happens with any game. But yeah. but 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 with football or team sports, it shows you how you have to come together and you have to do your part and 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 and, you know. The whole thing. And so that's that's where we are, folks. It's playoff season. <laughs> get your ass off the bench and get in there. The winners of these games will go to the Super Bowl. <laughs> Who's winning on Sunday? I, You know, I'm going to go with uh, – it's tough. I'm going to take Philly over San Francisco. Ooh. And I, I, I got to toss up. If Mahomes – is okay, then I think Kansas City will have the home court advantage, so to speak. But Joe Burrows and the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, 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 they they whooped them last year, so they coming in with a little confidence. It's gonna be two good games. I'll, I'll leave that one as a toss up. We live in Colorado, so we're, by state law, we're not allowed to root for Kansas City. Number one. <laughs> Number two, I'm pretty sure that we're not supposed to root for the 49ers either. <laughs> so I guess I got to go with the Bengals, too. <laughs> we are. It's in the state constitution. You cannot live in Colorado and root for Kansas City. It's, it's just not done. It's like living in Alberta. You know, if you're from Calgary, you cannot hope for Edmonton. And if you're in Edmonton, you cannot hope for Calgary. <laughs> the, only team, the only team we hate more than Kansas City here in Colorado is the Raiders. <laughs> and we don't even know where they are anymore. <laughs> they don't even get a city anymore. They're just yeah. the Raiders. because They're just the Raiders. Like, yeah. They are the unhoused team of the NFL, right? They just... <laughs> move around to wherever the weather's nice until the weather turns bad and local <laughs> politics turns sour and they pack up their their shopping cart and move it somewhere else. <laughs> I'm going to hear about this one. I'm sure it sounds like some of the new ministers <laughs> that go through training who try to find a place where it's warm. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yes. football TV needs a house. Anybody out there got a place for us to stay? <laughs> Robins, we won't be here more than a couple of seasons. <laughs> All right, this is a devolved quickly, folks. <laughs> Good laugh at the end after a serious yes, topic. Yes, Good news. yes. Send some positive <laughs> vibes throughout the system. And we invite you to take that with you out into your day. Stay with us here on the New Thought Media Network. We got our full day of broadcasting. Sekou writes and be your own heroes up in just about five minutes. Some morning prayers at 8:15, morning sip at 8:30. 
40 days stress-free with Emma Moreno at 9 o'clock. 10 o'clock, it's Practicing Infinite Possibilities with Lindsay Leinbach. 1 o'clock, it's The Joy Show with Reverend Barbara. I'll be back at 5 with The Good News and Reverend Michael Mangus with the Fireside Chat at 6. My God, if we fill this schedule anymore, I'm going to need somebody to help me go through that in the mornings. <laughs> uh, we, point is, we got a lot of broadcasting folks, and none of this happens without you. Exactly. It's thanks to you, viewers and listeners and watchers like you that hit that share button, that subscribe button, that like button, and most importantly, that donate button. Uh, that uh, goes a long way to making sure we can continue to bring this message across the world, around the planet. Hey, and Pap, and when we uh, colonize Mars, we'll be broadcasting there too. So <laughs> before we go, dear ones, we'll start with Rev Z today. Final thoughts. Let's find some practices that create a togetherness and not just read about them, but do them. Let's do them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah practice makes perfect. Be the change you want to see in the world. Do it. Yeah. And mine is uh, get your ass off the bench and get in the game. Because <laughs> if you already are in the game, you didn't hear that. You're not sitting <laughs> on the bench. But if you're sitting on the bench wondering what to do, get up and get on the game. All of us. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Thanks for being with us, folks. We'll be back again next Friday. Uh, and again, all of our programming throughout the day. Stay with us here on the New Thought New Media Network. Until next time, we wish you peace and richest blessings. Bye now. Peace. And thanks for listening to this week's episode of Ministers Talking. We'll be back again next week with more commentary on current affairs, world events, and any other our ministers want to talk about. And if you found value here, please share our with your friends. Until next time, peace and blessings.